Ah, oh, we're live. Hello and welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Lunchtime Chats. Uh, Beverly, let me know that if the sound is okay. I don't have my headphones plugged in at this time right now because um, I need to have my um, tablet charging. But let me know if the sound is okay. I can put my headphones in. Uh, welcome, everybody. For uh, those of you who are new, my name is Christina, and I am a consciousness acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us starseeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. We have capacities, we have abilities that are not embraced by our larger human family, and therefore we have very unique perspectives to the kinds of things that are happening in this world. This world that is in a massive time of change. So welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. I promise I will do my best to provide a liberated perspective to the topics and issues that you bring to this conversation. Um, it will, uh, so we'll go ahead and dive in. Um, you know, I just, um, dear Beverly, I just got that notice about the, um, about the commenter that was on our Rumble channel. Uh, so for those of you guys who are catching us live on YouTube, you, some of you may have noticed that our videos sometimes get pulled from our YouTube channel. So what's going on is that um, they are now using an AI um, search, uh, whatever, <laughs> and they are going through all the past videos and just deleting the ones that they that the AI considers to be um, not up to their community standards. So you may have noticed that there's a few videos missing from our library, and this is why. Some, some of the videos they caught, they cut were the entire hour long chat and some of them were just short SNES segments. Um, I do have to laugh because one of the short segments that they um, pegged or flagged first, which was a few weeks ago, was a five minute clip where I was um, explaining all of the inflamed narratives that are active in the collective field to keep us distracted. And I listed the inflamed <laughs> narratives. And of course, that's the video that's like, you know, four minutes long, gets pulled. So if you guys ever want to catch an episode that is missing, and you'll know because they're in sequential order, you guys can always check us out on our Rumble channel. And that is Life Body Academy on Rumble. So there was a, um, going back to, there was a comment that was sent to me um, from the Rumble channel. And this is, um, oh, Balabanian. Okay, so this is a, a comment about the lack of acknowledgement of the Armenian genocide in the beginning of our century. Um, so, you know, there is a really significant pattern that happens when we look back in our history. Okay, and the pattern I'm talking about is that there are events, very significant events that kind of just get omitted out of the um, out of the history books. Okay, and this is true because we are not told the truth about our history. Our history is convenient to the being, the person that is in charge or the class or whatever that is in charge at the time. Now, this is why it's really important for us to um, revive the history that our ancestors know. I'm talking about the stories from your, your parents, your great grandparents. Okay. These recounts of history are, believe it or not, more accurate than what the history books can tell you. And this is because they're speaking from their personal experience. This is why I know about the great purge the great Russian purge. And that's because my grandparents fled from that purge. My great grandparents murdered during that purge. You see what I mean? And, and according to my grandmother, there were over 10 million Russians killed in that great purge. The purge started in 1917, just a year after this Armenian um, genocide that our um, commenter is talking about. But when you go and Google the event, Go ahead and Google the event right now. The Great Purge, the Great Russian Purge. Okay, it take, took place between 1917 and 1930. This is, the, or um, yeah, the end of the uh, first 
World War. And the whole reason why it ended, because they ran out of people to fight it. They were they ran out of children to put on the front lines. I mean, it was absolutely horrific what went on, okay? Um, they would go through villages and towns, kidnap all of the men and boys, and put the boys on the front on the front to draw the fire so the real soldiers, so to speak, in the background can make, make their advancement. I mean, absolutely atrocious stuff was going on. So just a year after this Armenian um, genocide that's being referred to was another 10 million people murdered over the following decades in that area. I'm saying that because it's in this area. Armenia, if you guys don't know, is south of, of Georgia. Georgia is right up there against um, the Russian border. So, and this isn't about the, the bad communists because it wasn't even communists at that time. This was about the Bolshevik revolution. This was a, this was a movement of the people retaking their government. And of course, what happened is that after they retook their government, the key players of that ideology were taken out and the, the, a worse, even worse totalitarian rule took over from there. This is a really important thing to keep in mind because this is how it happens. The powers that be know exactly how to divide people, how to incite the revolution, have the change happen, and then take out all the leaders of that change and install their own version of leadership. This is a playbook that has been played over and over and over again. And what is the most widely used leverage to separate people? Religion, okay? In this Armenian genocide that they're talking about, up to 1.2 million people, Christians killed by the Ottoman Empire. This is Islam, Islamic um, Muslims murdering Christians. But this, the Islams are not, you know, the bad guys all the way because for thousands of years, the, um, the Islam have been killing the Christians. The Christians have been killing the Muslims the, 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 and Jews, and the Jews have been killing them both. I mean, there, this, this triad of murder has been going on for thousands and thousands of years, people. Thousands of years. Remember the Holy Crusades. That was all over. That, that all those battles were about Jerusalem, retaking Jerusalem. Why? Because it is a powerful stargate. It is a vortex that pulls through high level um, consciousness energy and, and floods this reality. Okay. And whoever is the, you know, the owner of that, whoever controls that controls the energy. And how do you control the energy? By inserting a narrative that gives people a false idea of something, and now they're going to see whatever that false idea is. Just came from a really excellent workshop today where they were talking about, um, all right, I can't remember the scientific term for it, but pretty much what they, what they said that once you have an idea about how something is, then all the data streams that you take in are going to be slanted with that idea. And the example they gave, and this is really mind blowing because this is like scientific study that they did to, to test this out, was they um, worked with um, wine sommeliers. These are wine tasters. These are people who have highly, um, highly um, cultivated awarenesses with their taste. They can taste, with their taste, they can, they can tell you what vintage, what notes are in the wine, even, even the, ooh, uh-oh, uh I just touched something. Hopefully I'm not, am I back? Am I back? Am I back now? Okay, sorry, sorry about that, guys. Um, so with these moles, they have, have highly um, cultivated taste buds and they, they can tell you the high notes, the low notes in a wine, the vintage of a wine, even even where the grapes have been grown for the wine. Okay, it's highly cultivated. So they did this experiment. They took, they took high um, top shelf wine, so to speak, put it in a wine bottle with a cheap wine, um, 
with a cheap label, you know, like they were disguising the, the fancy wines with the cheap wines and the cheap wines with the labels of the fancy wines. And of course they did a test group where they had the, where the labels were true to the kind of wine. And what they discovered was that if they were told that this wine was, you know, $2 bottle of wine, bought at the grocery store, blah, 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 blah. Their sensitivity to, they measured this with brainwave, um, I think it's EEGs that you measure brainwaves with. So they had them all hooked up to this measuring, to these um, measuring devices of brainwaves and other physiological um, signals that the body gives. And they noticed that there was a physiological change in the Solman Lay when um, they were uh, being approached to try the different wines. So when they knew it was a cheap wine, when they knew, right, because they were told it was a cheap wine, they would, they would taste, their, you know, the bar would lower and they would taste notes that would associate it with it being a cheap, a cheap wine. Now, this is huge, guys, to understand this. Because if you understand that once you're told a narrative about something and you believe it to be true, that's the main piece. You have to believe it to be true. Now, when you experience that something you're given a narrative about, physiologically, your system is changed. Okay, your system is adjusting to the narrative that you have in your head. And that are the kinds of data sets you're going to get when that something comes into your awareness, okay? This tells us just how manipulatable our awarenesses are through the 4D field. The 4D field is all about narratives. It's all about the story. It's all about our history, <laughs> okay? So when you are told that, like, say um, you're told that um, Islamic and men are um, are misogynistic and they look down on women and they do this and they do that and they have all these attitudes. So, and you're told all that and the, the main piece is you believe it. So now when you experience a Muslim man, you're gonna be psych subconsciously looking for all those subtle indicators of that narrative that you believe to be true, okay? I could tell you right now, it's not true. It's definitely a more conservative culture and I've had, um, many many different exposures to islamic culture okay from different countries and and yes it is definitely more conservative but i would not i did not feel unsafe at any time um in those environments that i was in and actually i felt more cared for more safe than any other international travel that i've done when i'm in an islamic country okay and it's because there's a there's a much different attitude taken towards number one, foreigners, but also women. Like there's an added um, dimension of looking out, wanting to look out for them. So the example I have is we're traveling through Bosnia. I was taking a group to the Bosnian pyramids among other sacred sites. And, um, and our host, who was, who was an Airbnb host, we got to know him, his name was Eden, lovely man. He became our travel angel because he just instantly was just like, he saw that we're just a group of women, women, and he just decided he was going to look out for us. And he did in every way, shape or form, anything we thought we might need or, you know, whatever, we would have the thought and he'd be at the door with it, you know, and he really seemed to enjoy himself because we were absolutely, um, you know, just really appreciated his presence and we wanted to hear his stories and you know what I mean? So it was a beautiful interaction. There was nothing like, oh, he's a, he, you know, there's something wrong with him because he's interacting with these women. No, we were humans really enjoying the exchange of stories, you know, and we would ask him about the, um, the, the songs that would, because uh, uh, several times a day, there's these songs that that are blasted from the um, the pillars of all the different mosques, you know, and it, and it rings through the mountains. It's like, it's really quite beautiful. And then we're, so we would ask him about the songs. We would ask him about these different pieces. And he, he just, he just really loved sharing of himself um, to, to, to us, you know, and he also wanted to, um, he, he would not leave us alone unless he was absolutely positive. Everything was 
was good. Like, you know, the environment was safe. There was nobody that was going to try to come and do anything. There's a, in his mind, he said that there's problems with rogue gypsies, you know, they'll come and rob, rob you and stuff like this. And, you know, they kind of have that reputation anyway. So, so what I'm saying is that, you know, all the stories that I was told about Islamic men, none of that was true. Absolutely. None of that was true. And another time when I was traveling, you know, again, similar situation, but it was all good. It was none, none of the stereotypes were true. And he wasn't like looking down on us because we weren't covered or anything like this. This was all, it's like, we're Westerners, you know, <laughs> we're Westerners. Of course, this is what Westerners do. Right. So, so when we have a narrative told to us about something and then we go experience that something, we are already programmed mentally, physiologically to relate to that something according to the narrative that we're told. And this is why it's such a powerful thing for our history to get hijacked. When someone hijacks our history, it, it alters us physiologically. Okay, it alters us and now we are experiencing reality as if that history is true. Okay, now obvious reasons genocides are left out of the history books, right? Because, you know, they're, they want to paint a particular picture of maybe your country's role in history or they want to paint a picture of another country's role in history and how good or bad those guys are and how good or bad these guys are, right? So there's framing up history like this, but it gets even broader. Um, and that is the mythology of our history. Okay, what am I talking about? I'm talking about mythologies that are considered to have real historical context. Great example is the Bible, right? There are some people that just accept that it's all metaphorical and, you know, and they just have a lot of deep, lessons within it and other people say that's literal and that jesus actually existed and they, he was really born in jerusalem and he was really you know what i mean and there are many many um historians that have gone through to prove the the myth of jesus as spoken about in the bible now i'm going to go past the new testament the new testament is when jesus was walking this the being that we call jesus walking this earth but if you go before that to the to the um, the Old Testament, and this is what's really important here in in the context of what we're saying is that the Old Testament is the same creation story as what's in the Torah and that's in the Quran. So the Bible, the Torah, and the Quran all have the same origin story. Okay, they all talk about God creating man, then creating woman. They all talk about the 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 exile out of the garden of eden they all talk about the great flood they talk about the same prophets they talk about the same uh different uh impactful leaders of the time so king solomon the story of the stories that came from that kingdom you know so they all are referencing the same narrative of a creation story and the other thing that's in there is that we are number one, we were created by a God. That's the most important thing. That mythology, we're created by a God. The other thing is that we are sinners because of the getting exiled, our ancestors getting exiled out of the Garden of Eden. That's another big mind poison. And another, and then the, um, the third big mind poison is this idea of a, um, a wrathful God and that humans um, are lowly, okay? So the wrathful God flooded the earth, cleansed the earth of all the impurities, all of the you know terrible aspects of mankind, right? Now, whether you believe in this creation story doesn't matter. Your ancestors, if they believe this creation story and they carried it on in their lives and then had children and taught it to their children and their children taught it to their children, okay? It is in the ancestral memory of in your bones, in your body, okay? And as we know, Christianity went on to, this is many thousands of years later after the creation story, Christianity went on to, Christianity, Islam, and um, Judaism went on to conquer the rest of the world. Now, the, the, the Jews maybe not conquered, but they did convert, 
there were entire countries, there were kings that would convert their entire country over to the religion. Okay, so there's that kind of thing. And then um, the Islams don't really believe in converting, but they do believe in people waking up to the truth. Okay, so they would um, spread their, their message that way. And then, of course, the Christians conquered. So, uh, you know, everybody on this planet, unless you did not have any contact with civilization, and there are beings that are in those tribes, um, have been exposed to this creation story. Okay, and this is this is really, really big, guys. This is so big. So ancestrally, subconsciously, we here and now are informed by that creation story. And what this creation story does is that it limits the, the, the story of who you are as a human, okay? That you are a lowly human. But what if you were given the creation story that there are great star elders that came to this planet to seed a miracle race. Uh, they, they traveled through all the different star systems and picked out the most highest potential DNA of the cosmos at the time and configured that DNA and in that, in that configuration created the human, the humanoid, okay? And that is who was seated on this planet. Now, you can feel even in your body what shifts with this, right? So this creation story that this planet has going on predominantly is literally meant to shut down our DNA dance. Okay, it's shutting down our DNA dance. It's shutting down the highest evolutionary potential of our DNA, the story. So what we are doing here, you, me, the visionaries, new paradigm visionaries of this world, the star seeds of this world, the, the people who know that they are a way shower in some way, what we are doing is shedding all of those, those, not just those narratives, but the ancestral, subconscious ancestral structures and activating our DNA, activating those DNA codes that have been collected through, I'm painstakingly collected throughout the cosmos. And then the best of the best was brought together to create the humanoid form. Okay. So we are, actively reactivating that those dna dances as we shed the stories as we have realizations as we heal our ancestry we're activating our potential now there are keepers of these different realms that as you awaken and I talked a lot over the fall, over the summer and fall about ancestral realms. The ancestral realm is the first one that you awake to of the, of the unseen world. The ancestral realm is the first one that you wake up to. Okay. And this is really important because your ancestors are directly connected to you. And as you do healing within your ancestral line, your body heals, they heal as in the DNA you inherited from that heals and is able to now do its dance okay and as that happens the new dna dances and what's the first dna dance usually to get activated inside of a human it's their palladian or anunnaki dna dance that gets activated okay now the anunnaki one is a little tricky because we have a lot of stories in the conspiracy world that tell us terrible things about the our Anunnaki. We have all kinds of stories in our mythology about the different hybrids that were made with Anunnaki. Uh, you know what I mean? So we, so those stories can keep us from really owning and reactivating that level of our DNA dance. But the fact is, the Anu, the Anu race contributed their DNA to the life on this planet. So many of us have it. And then after that, it's the Palladian DNA that gets danced, that gets activated, <laughs> gets danced, <laughs> gets activated and does its dance. Okay. And now you have 
that much more potential because that much more of your DNA is dancing. Okay. You become freer inside. Maybe you get to, maybe you start to understand how to work the different systems of this world in a more empowered way. Okay. Now, after your DNA dance gets activated, this oftentimes is when we start waking up out of the reality that this is a slave planet. Okay. There, you guys, let me know if you're familiar or if you prescribe to this idea that this planet is an enslaved planet, as in souls are unwillingly getting re-put through the incarnational cycle and they can't get out. Okay. Now, this is true when you are limited in your DNA dance. Yes, that is all that you have access to. But then as the, I don't know, as the Anu DNA wakes up and then the Palladian DNA wakes up, now all of a sudden you're thinking more freely, you're dreaming more freely, there's more potential to your access, okay? And then you start embodying that change. You start making different, cha different um, you start making changes in your life because you have a different value system now. Self-care is very important. Withdrawing from toxic environments is very important. N giving yourself the proper nutrients, really nurturing this bio suit becomes more, comes higher on the priority ladder. And now that you're cleaning out the toxins of your body, you're cleaning out, you're cleaning um, up your lifestyle, you're healing within your ancestral realms. Now the pace of your transformation is picking up, picking up, going faster, faster, faster until you start activating the next level of your DNA, which is the Syrian DNA. Well, Syrian or Octorian, it really depends on your lineage. It really depends on, see, this DNA pool has been um, contributed to by many beings, okay? So the actual, after you wake up past the Palladium piece, then, you know, it starts to branch off into some other, some other origins, okay? So then after that Palladium piece is, is dancing, that means your heart you're nurturing your heart, you're healing your ability to be present, to be loving, you're, you're starting to experience glimpses of the magic of this world, okay? That's, that's an indication your DNA dances, your Palladian DNA dance is waking up and it's moving, it's grooving, okay? And so you nurture that more and more and more and now all of a sudden you've discovered a life passion, something that you absolutely love to do. And not only that, you figured out how to make a living doing it, okay? Syrian slash Octorian DNA dancing now, okay? Because you understand the structures, some of the structures in this world and how to live the life you actually want to live versus the life that's being given to you, okay? The life that's being given to you is pretty much, you're born to a family, they tell you who you are, your culture tells you who you are, your religion and or, or environment organizes your value system and then you live the life that you're supposed to supposed to live in order to be happy okay now many people do that and they wake up somewhere along the lines especially women after the age of 50 they will wake up out of that and be like fuck this i'm gonna die if i stay here any longer in this role right so they'll wake up um men you know they'll they'll very often wake up after they've achieved everything that they set out to achieve or they feel like they've achieved and still aren't happy then they'll start rearranging their value system but either way this is a value the system that's given to you it's not the one that you create and this is the difference the dna dances you have your palladian dna going your syrian octorian dna going now you are creating the reality you want you're creating the life that you want Okay, and this is just the beginning. There's even more beyond that. There are a base 12 um, star systems that donated their, their highest and best DNA to the gene pool of this planet. And then there's an additional 12 on top of that. And there may be more on top of that. These are just the ones that I'm aware of. Okay, so as you activate your DNA dances, your consciousness is now changing. How you live your life is changing. How you relate to people is changing. And many people have reported this and I've experienced this myself, is that as different DNA dances activate inside of me, it's like who I was at that old DNA dance has to die. It has to just shed so I can emerge in a totally different version of myself because I have more of my DNA dancing, okay? 
high level DNA activations are happening for people on this planet. I mean, really high level. What I'm talking about, these are people who figured out to, to walk their path and maintain a frequency of living where their higher capacities can exist. Okay, so I'm talking about psychic intuitive capacities. I'm talking about prophetic abilities. I'm talking about the ability to dream the world into being. I'm talking about what some might say, and I don't like this term, master manifesting. Okay. So they their DNA dance beyond the Syrian or slash Octorian DNA that starts getting activated is stuff like the Antarian DNA. Their um, um, praying mantis DNA, their insectoid relations DNA. Okay. Now the mantis is more than just mantis. It's also goes back to what is spoken as the original universe. Now, when you start having DNA getting activated, that has connections to the original universe, you're really starting to tap into some deep, powerful stuff as in you're no longer contained. Your consciousness is no longer contained within the consciousness field of the planet. At that point, you have gone past even galactic. You're, you've gone cosmic. When you have DNA dances of the praying mantis beings, the insectoid lineage, let's say, you have gone multiversal. Okay, so that means there is a connection to the level of you that exists in many universes at one time, okay? Another level of DNA that gets activated, the Andromedan DNA, Lyran DNA. You start seeing a lot of shots around, a lot of lion people around. That, that's the DNA that's getting activated. Now, there's also different layers of the reptilian DNA and the Zeta Reticuli DNA. So we have many contributors into this particular DNA dance. What happens is that you'll get your DNA will get activated and now you integrate that activation and then you reach a, um, you know, you reach a, uh, a status quo, so to speak, with that alive inside of you, then another level gets activated. Okay. And then you integrate that and then another level gets activated. It takes some time, especially for us folk that have been on the planet for several uh, decades. Now, our younger ones, you know, they're... I want to say they have a lot more looseness in their DNA activations. The, the issue that they have going on is that they need to find a way to exist in this reality and still be true to themselves. That's their challenge. Now, if you were born activated like this, if you were born not just highly encoded, but those, but activated, like your DNA dance was open on all these levels and you have parents that support that, you know, you're golden. You're, you're going to have that community exactly the way you need it in order for you to live the life that's authentic to you. Okay. But you know, not everybody has the, that particular design in the cards for themselves. So, you know, this, the DNA can be activated, but the key is to, of course, the integration. Okay. And it needs to be something that's sustainable throughout the rest of your life. If it's not sustainable, what will happen is that you'll have the activation, the DNA will start dancing. And if you are perhaps applying a value system that's not the truth to who you are, you're going to shut yourself down again. Okay. And then you'll have another opportunity that might activate you again. And then, then you're faced with the same test again, which is, are you going to make choices according to your own value system versus the one that's given to you? And if you choose the other value system, other than the truth of, of who you are, then you're going to shut it down again. And this is, this is what's happening. And I'm so glad I have this frame up now. This is what's happening to the older generations and even the newer generations. Okay. And the newer generations, it happens a little bit differently, especially if they're exposed to psychedelics. Okay. They, it's like, you know, they become very unstable because of this, because they don't have the infrastructure in place for them to apply their own value system to their lives. This is what a lot of people who've cured themselves from terminal illnesses, the path 
I'm talking about um, holistically cure themselves from terminal, terminal illnesses. What happens is that they start doing things that are in alignment with the truth of who they are. They get better and say they get better, but then go back to the old lifestyle, right? And the old way of being. Believe it or not, some still do that. I mean, most people keep going on the path because in the process of holistically healing themselves, they have so many epiphanies, their value system changed so dra drastically, there's no way they can go back to the way they used to live. But there are still humans that want that. They still, they want to go back to what was comfortable or, you know, how things used to be. And they do. And then things get shut down again. And then they get sick again. Okay. A, re a reoccurrence happens of their illness. So we are, as a planet, in the birthing process that looks exactly what I'm saying. It's like people are getting activated. They're challenged to change their value system to something that's the truth of who they are. Those that do, great. They stay activated. Those that don't, shut down again. Then the activated again, the challenge happens. Some even more wake up and keep going on and others close down again. Okay. This is what's happening. It's just a, it's an ebb and flow like this, but just like high tide and low tide, there is a point, there is a, a, um, a maximum point of the change of the rearrangement of value system. And this I feel is really getting supported by all of the solar activity that's happening. I don't know if you guys have been keeping track of any of that. There's massive CMEs, um, solar winds, um, magnetic excursions, all sorts of things happening daily on a multiple on a daily basis now with our sun. I'm feeling like that stuff going on is in, is a reflection of the people whose DNA dances are activating and now they're making choices true to who they are, right? They're in the value system that's true to who they are. And the sun is responding to that because as our consciousness change changes, as our DNA dance changes, the flow of energy in our body changes, our physiology, our physiology changes. Okay. So that means we're walking around with a different electromagnetic signature than we used to before we got activated. Okay. In fact, there's a, a, a sacred transmission, a sacred right that, um, the tradition, one of the traditions that I was in for many years, um, a sacred rite called the Mosak rites. And with this transmission, it was activating your galactic DNA, so to speak. They didn't use those words. This is how I understand it many years later. And what they knew about the Mosak rites and reported in the Mosak rites was that once you received them and were able to integrate the encodement, the energy of these rites, you would heal differently. You would get sick differently. You quite literally change the trajectory of how you aged, how you, um, your DNA would, and your epi, epigenome would behave. Okay. Now this is coming from an old tradition that knew that one, they, they didn't have this language at the time. They had beautiful metaphor and story to explain these transmissions. But with, with the modern age, we can talk more, you know, have a different language for it. So these transmissions were life body encodements that you fed with your attention, with your love, with your prayers, with your ceremony, all these things, you'd feed those encodements until it grew and anchored in and integrated into your system and now you are changed completely. Why? Because you have another level of your DNA dance moving. You're now living completely differently. So now how, what was in the cards for how you're going to age and the different ways you're going to get sick is, are now different because you have another level of your DNA activated and moving, which means different epigenetic activity going on. Okay. So, um, and they knew, they knew these rights were, were potent and they purposely released them to the world at large many years ago, back in, um, let's see, in 2006, back in 2006, they released these, um, these transmissions to be given to out to the world freely because they knew that this DNA awakening was going to happen and that a new human would now walk the earth. 
and they talked about the new human walking the earth, not in between generations, but in a generation. So that means parent, that means um, grandparent, parent, child. That, that three la layer would wake up together. Those three would wake up together. And this is what we're going towards where the grandmother, the mother and the child are awakened to who they are. Their, their DNA dance is now fully activated to their potential. And you can also go with father, grandfather, father, son. And you can do it like this too. It's not just the women. Though the women, you know, we have a, we have a galactic stargate in our womb. So we kind of naturally have this access to the, um, to the to the great mystery of life, you know? So it's, it's always alive because it's in our bio suit. It's always, you know, close to the surface for us. Those of us who honor that part of who we are. There's some women that really want to be men. And then, so they're going to ignore that part the best that they can. <laughs> but for those of us who embrace it, you know, it's like that aspect of us truly is a powerful informer to our lives and our experiences. So, you know, hopefully this is helpful the way I'm saying it. You know, we went from manipulated history to how it shuts down our DNA and our consciousness to the right now on how people are waking up and in the story of their waking up, they are able to uh, reject the narratives that were shutting down their DNA. So another narrative that is super significant to transcend, and there's gonna, I might get a lot of static on this and that's okay. Hear me out. One of the most after, here, let me step back for a second. After your, let's say your Pleiadian DNA is getting activated, your Anu DNA, your Syrian, your Lyran, after those pieces are getting activated and you're sustaining and integrating the activation, next piece to look at, if you want to start consciously contributing to your awakening experience, the next piece to look at that to look at is the story of the Orion Wars. And this is really, really important guys, because as I said in the beginning of the chat, these narratives give us a frame up. That's not the truth, but it still informs our physiology. So our physiology is informed by the story of the Orion Wars. Okay, our physiology, our subconscious is informed by the story of what happened within the Orion Wars. Why is this important? Well, ask yourself, what was the cause of the Orion War? What was the cause? Actually, for those of you who are listening, I, I see there's a few of you live. Please share with me, if you can, what you perceive to be the cause of the Orion War. And Beverly, I'd like to hear from you too. What, what are you aware of that's the cause? What caused this war? And I know there's a little bit of a delay, so I'll just hang out for a minute. Now, oh yeah, and maybe you don't even know that there, there's a story about the Orion War. There's that too. But, I would say there's no way to get away from the narrative of the, of the Orion War because no matter where you are in the disclosure movement, all of them talk about grays. All of them talk about Zeta Reticuli, okay? So Zeta Reticuli are a race that's the result of the narrative of the Orion War. Come on, guys. Please put something in there. What do you, what do you recognize as the cause of the Orion War? Okay. Okay, so let's see what we have. So Tony says she doesn't know. She doesn't, doesn't know what the cause is. Beverly says that um, from what she understands that it's control of territory. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else want to chime in on that? What, what they're aware of? Oh, <laughs> all right. And then she chuckles and says, clearly there's more. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well, there's a lot of... Um, you know, segments of history of stories told to us 
that that's connected to the Orion War, but not a lot of people talk about the cause of the Orion War. What was the underlying um, motivation for that to go down? And uh, and we may have different ideas about that. That's why I want to get your guys' um, thoughts on that. Because what I've been um, what I've been uh, told and uh, experienced in the other realms, especially with Sasquatch records, is, is very different than potentially what's the common narrative. All right, so Darren says, not quite sure I'll have to meditate at that. Oh, okay, so he's gonna go to meditation now. So that's a great way to go into inquiry, by the way. What's super cool, I'm just gonna do side tangent, I'm gonna go back to the Ryan Moore thing. What's super cool, if, you're, if you do inquiry, like what Darren is suggesting, that is, um, go into meditation with a curiosity. You know, you go into meditation, then you bring up that curiosity. And when you are truly in a meditative state and have a curiosity, a really neat thing happens. The information doesn't come from the head. The understanding slash knowing doesn't come from the head. Instead, what happens when you're in meditation, you have a curiosity, it's like, it's like from within you, it becomes revealed from within you. And it becomes revealed. A response is revealed. I can't necessarily say the answer is revealed because we only can understand what we can understand. You know what I mean? So if we're, if our DNA dance is truncated and not, you know, in its bigger, larger potential, there's only so much that we're going to be able to understand. We're not going to be able to understand the bigger truth here. So what gets, there'll be a response revealed. And as you sink into and accept the response, something's getting activated inside of you. And this is how you can actually facilitate your own integration slash activation through meditation, you know, by, by being in that stillness and having a curiosity and a response arise. Okay. And this is what we do in our tracking in our tracking clinics, in our different um, classes that we have in Lightbody. It's being able to sit back and let data sets arise to your awareness. You're not like projecting into something. It's more of like, you know, you're waiting patiently, usually. <laughs> Actually, you need to be patient to be still, but you're patiently just sitting with the data sets that are being shared and then something arises and you share it. And just this act right here, being present for it arising and being able to share it in a very clear field, this is extremely transformative, this piece right here that I'm talking about. And this is why our, our labs and our clinics are so potent is because people are experiencing these things and then socially reinforced in different ways. And then you become way more comfortable with your intuitive abilities because of practicing this, okay? Having a data set arise, sharing it. And when you in, you know, in the sharing, another person will, 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 their data set will arise. And very often they are all just taking the group energy deeper, 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 deeper into whatever the um, particular energy is that they're tracking. So just side note on that. All right. Going back to the Orion War thing. Okay. So the information that I resonate with and that I have a clear understanding, and this comes from Sasquatch records is that, um, the Orion War was waged because there was a disagreement. There was a massive dispute. And the dispute was, oh, I mean, this is a baseline for why life exists, really, is the evolution of consciousness. The dispute was over how to evolve consciousness. One camp were diehard uh, in we evolve consciousness through organic means. Okay. As in your bio suit, whatever that bio suit is, consciousness is evolved within that bio suit. Right. And that means DNA activation. That means DNA experimentation. We'll talk about advanced genetics, you know, stuff like this. And then the other camp believed that it was, better and more efficient to evolve consciousness with technology. Okay. 
Let, notice what your body does when I talk about that. Imagine evolving your consciousness with technology. Solo biosuit, technology. So this can be enhanced biosuit with technology, like in cyborg technology. This could be um, the, uh, the holographic systems generated and maintained with AI. Okay. And then you also over here on the organic side, what we would call holographic imaging or holographic reality. This is our unseen um, world, our dream state. Okay. And so these two camps had a fierce disagreement about that. This side over here thought the, the technology AI was way too dangerous. And this side over here thought the organic was way too slow. Okay. And then of course their territory, you know, they would battle for the same kind of territory, the same, um, they would start, um, competing for different soul groups for different, you know, um, um, celestial, uh, different solar systems like this. And then they clashed and the war of course broke out and that war because of the advanced technology and all these different ways impacted all of life, not just in the Milky way, but in the Andromeda galaxy and beyond. The entire supercluster galaxy, a good 30% of it, you can say, if you could quantify something like that, was impacted or is impacted by the, the Orion conflict. So we have Zeta Reticuli, of course. They're extremely integrated with technology, okay? You have the reptilians, of course, extremely integrated with technology. <laughs> Okay, you have the Palladians, and that is a mixed bag. Some are extremely um, integrated with technology, and others are extremely integrated with what we call maybe biotechnology, as in, you know, evolving consciousness and um, exploring uh, maybe what you call high-tech life civilization with all organic, using organic energy. Okay, um, then you have the Syrians. Again, mixed bag. So these are just a couple of the star systems I'm saying that, you know, are in their exploration of how you properly use technology to evolve consciousness. Now, this planet, here we are, you know, there is, there's, there's some people that are gathering evidence that believe that this entire existence is an AI simulation. Okay. And there's others that say that, this all is a dream, okay? As in, we are not physically here. We are imbuing our consciousness within the envelope of a, for a dream formulated by the Cosmic Mother, okay? I, I kind of lean towards that side. So, and then you have our terrestrial technology development. So this is where that, that really controversial figure, Elon Musk, comes in. They're doing massive advancements with AI. Obviously, we, we had some all the GTP chat thing go on. Then there's also the um, the chips in the brain. Then there is the bio reading uh, technology where they can read every. I mean, anything you can imagine of your bio suit can be measured. And then by altering things within your bio suit, that measurement can have an impact technologically. So, for example. I can have an iPad that has an eye tracker and as it watches my eyes, it will move and do things that I want it to do by measuring my brain waves. It'll do, it'll do what, exactly what I want it to do. So this is an interaction an interface with technology and biology. Now this is just the terrestrial technology. Imagine blowing this up and then you have like a consciousness an AI consciousness that has been working with biology for millions of years. What does that look like? Would we even be able to tell? There was a movie many years ago, and I can't remember the name of the movie now. And I know people think that movies, you know, you know, some people think they're helpful. Some people think they don't, they aren't. But for me, they are because they introduce concepts that 
at the time I'm, I'm not in resonance with, but for some reason, my higher mind, my higher self will remember the segment of that movie. And as I have different spiritual or DNA activations, consciousness, expansion experiences, I'll recognize the scenario or the zip file that's getting, that I'm uploading or downloading, however you want to look at that. And I realize, oh my gosh, I saw a movie that was conveying the same, the same concept to me many years ago. And the movie that I'm talking about, it took place in Europe and it was a bunch of gamers that were experimenting in, it was supposed to be this game, like the best, the, like the best of the best. It was a new pilot of this game where you couldn't tell the difference between the game and reality. And I'm telling you, this movie is really trippy because everybody went into the game without realizing they went into it and everybody like could not tell the difference. They really did not. It's like it took half the movie for them to realize that they were in the game and not in real life. Okay. And I won't spoil the spoiled movie for you if I ever get a chance to see it. But so this concept has been introduced to us already as a, in a collective, which means it's been in existence long before we've discovered it, right? Because we're all these nesting dolls of consciousness. So um, just, you know, food for thought around that. So what we are experiencing right here on this planet is the unresolved issues from the Orion Wars. We are the ones who need to reconcile these differences. We are the ones. But here's the thing. We have all these narratives being told to us saying they're the bad guy. No, they're the bad guy. Oh, this is what you need to look out for. Oh, this is what you need to look out for. Okay. And if you believe any of those narratives, you know, because of fear or whatever, you know, that is going to affect your physiology. This is the big thing. That's going to affect your physiology. So this is one of the reasons why, in, especially in the academy, I encourage people to hold things loosely. Okay? Because it's all, it's all data. It's all information. If you let things, like, don't make this mean that, but just hold the data loosely and feel into it, then you're going to feel what your relationship is to that data, to that information, to that intuitive knowing or whatever. And then in that you develop your own truth compass. That's the best thing you got is your truth compass and what is true for you, knowing what is true for you. What's true for you now, as you go on your path of evolution and more DNA gets activated, that is when that truth will shift to something else. Because the more of your DNA is activated, more of your conscious is embodied than before. That is why the truth can shift. Okay. But what's most important is that you know what's true for you. You know what's true for you. And that is what you use to rule your life. Biggest, biggest game changer that I can give you guys is that piece right there. All right. Dear Sister Tony's chiming in. Let me see. Um, I feel movies are big tells if we are listening. Oh, totally, right? Totally, absolutely. My truth always changes. Yes, okay. So, uh, well, Darren, can you say a little bit more about that? Just to, just to make sure I'm on the right track? Because I, I have like a, whew, a response that comes out of me when you say that. I'll, I'll start down that response while you type in the difference. So here's the thing. Our truth changes, right? Because we expand in our consciousness. And as the great poet Maya Angelou, who I deeply admire, as she says, she says that you do the best that you can. And once you learn more, you do better. And that's how it, and that's how life is. You're doing the best with what you have. Then you learn more. Your, your consciousness expands. And now that you've expanded in that, you're going to do better. Now, the problem happens is that people might learn more but they don't have the courage or the will to now do better. Okay. Cause they're sticking to something and they're sticking to an old adage or something. And this is where tradition is no longer supportive, but becomes more of a prison where you're not allowed to, to challenge the tenets of your tradition. Okay. This is where it becomes a disadvantage. Traditions in general are extremely deep roots and are very, very helpful for uh, evolving consciousness. But where it crosses the line is where you have to stay within the tenets of the tradition and not do differently as your consciousness expands. Okay. 
Oh my gosh, the time is flying by. I have just two more minutes, guys. So um, yeah, Darren, if you can type fast enough. <laughs> if not, that's okay. Hopefully um, my response was in the lines of what you were meaning. So just to recap through all this, okay? What's being revealed here in this talk is how the fourth dimension, the fourth dimensional field, the collective field is used to close down our DNA. That's what I talked about in the beginning. And then I just, then I talked about how these activations are activating you in such a way where your consciousness expands beyond the narratives you were given. And now you can have a different story. Now you can ha expand your awareness into a different understanding of who you are. And then it just keeps moving from there. All right, uh, two more comments, three more comments. Here we go. So Tony says, I'm thankful to hear you say this, that our truth changes. Others others make it sound like you are wishy-washy. Yes, I know, because they're just repeating what they're, you know. <laughs> they have a belief in place, and you're pushing up against their belief, and they're, of course, going to push back, right? Okay, Darren says, as I expand my my consciousness, my con uh, all right, it says consensus, but I think you mean consciousness. As I expand my consciousness, I change. I am always ready to into a new to go into a new awareness. Yes, thank you. Excellent, excellent piece. Thank you for that. And dear Tony says, and not sticking to who you are. Such a relief to know and hear. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, darling. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, it's okay, Darren. Don't worry about it. I figured, you know. Yeah, I figured. Hopefully, I, I was. I got. I got your message. It's cool. Um, yeah. So these times. This is why these times are so challenging for humanity right now. There are people who are pursuing integrating their DNA activations that are happening and they're opening up to more and more and more and more. And once you open up and integrate to that, you can't go back to typical 3D life. It's impossible. That's like, it's like taking a death sentence, right? So it's like, so the populations that's pursuing that we're, we're elevating and doing this, but then there's the powers that be the one to keep everything down. Trauma shuts things down. So they're amping up the trauma. They're amping up the trauma. Now, here's the thing. The souls that are involved in that, there, there's an agreement to play that role. So I'm not saying that the souls that are actually acting out the war are the are at fault here. What I'm saying is that there is an unseen force that tells these narratives based on an agenda. You know, they are interested in keeping our consciousness controllable. So they're going to, they're fighting tooth and nail. And this is why there's so much war, so much killing going on right now. They are, these unseen forces are fighting tooth and nail to keep humanity shut down and herdable like sheep. But there's you, there's me, there's all the communities that, that, um, that are out there that are, you know, we are running that marathon of DNA activation. And as we do this and we integrate it and we create a lifestyle that supports it and we have a community that helps facilitate it and expand it further, 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 snowballs, we are doing the work for not just our ancestors, but all the other humans on this planet. So you investing in this way, in yourself, in your activation, in your integration is a service to everybody on this planet. Okay, so keep doing it. Keep doing what you do. Keep communicating with the Fey realm. Keep communicating with the different beings that are that you're communicating with either in dream time or in the waking life sasquatch another great great community to get in touch with because they are doing the i mean they're doing such a bang up job to um activate human dna and get us engaged in these other realms that requires our dna to be activated <laughs> okay so they're a wonderful support so everything as chaotic and crazy as it might be Everything is just where it needs to be. We are here having this conversation. This means you're doing great work. I'm doing great work. You know, we're all doing the work that we need to be doing and we're all supporting each other in that. Okay. Yes, there is suffering going on, but that we don't live in that bandwidth. We understand on, hopefully I've said this in a way where you understand on a larger level why that's happening. Okay. They are all acting out narratives that are positioning them to have an enemy. 
okay? And everybody at whatever level they're at, as the um, Hoagland said many years ago, I don't know if you guys remember that scientist, um, I can't remember his first name, um, last name Hoagland, but as he said, the lie is different at every level. So each level of the hierarchy that is in control and making decisions with these wars going on, the lie is different at every level, but, and the lie is a lie and it's causing them to make choices to betray their, that are betraying themselves. Therefore they're perpetuating their own shutdown of their DNA. Okay. It's going to go until it can't go anymore. And that's how I'm, I'm perceiving that today. It's going to go until it can't go anymore. I had this, oh shoot. All right. I'm out of time. I'm going to end with this one story. So I'm in, I'm in the windy city. I'm in Chicago and I get picked up for, um, to come to my hotel and who is my driver, but this amazing, beautiful man named Ali from Palestine. And boy, do we have a really interesting conversation. So, um, I, 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 we both felt like, and I put it in his words, cause this is, I knew how he would explain it. I would call it synchronicity, but what he would say is like, God put you in my back seat. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, that, that was all orchestrated. It was, you know, there was a beautiful activating exchange going on. And I, I'm sharing this story because he is a, um, a devout Muslim man and he got activated. And on so many ways, he was already activated. So whatever your religion is, if you have one or if you don't have one or whatever, it doesn't really matter. You can still be an activated human and integrate uh, these activations into your lifestyle. Just because you're one of these places doesn't mean anything. What's important, like I said, it's your truth, your own inner truth. You know it and you follow it. That's what's important. So if someone is religious, it doesn't mean they're shut down. They might be, but it doesn't mean that they are because they're religious. If someone is an atheist, it doesn't mean they're shut down. It might be, but you don't know. You don't know because everybody's so individual. Okay. So, uh, so I'm just saying that so we can open up the playing field and realize and have reverence for all these humans and all the roles that they're playing. And hopefully now you, you feel that, you know, you are in the right place doing the right thing. Okay. Mwah. Love you guys. I'm going to sign out. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. If you guys are interested in, um, building a strong energy field and becoming a part of community that, uh, that is all about activating DNA and expanding consciousness. I encourage you guys to check out the Life Bodies Essentials program that is at lifebodyacademy.com. That is our, um, our beginning level of, of uh, training where you can learn to get command of your energy, build a strong energy field, and prepare your brain and your energy body for working with dream time and tracking energies through time and space. So if you guys are interested in embarking on that path, that is Life Body Essentials, lifebodyacademy.com. Thank you so much, guys. Mwah. I hope you make it a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.